Hello, Hosebo. Bonjour, and welcome to Planet of the Climates. POTK is a Climadel podcast bringing you the latest information and insight into the world of climate action. Klima is a blockchain protocol backed by carbon credits that gives people a chance to fight climate change as a collective and get rewarded for doing so. Klima sits at the intersection of blockchain, climate science, and finance, so there's no shortage of great topics for us to explore together. My name's Phaedrus, and I'll be your host on this adventure. I'm joined by my good friends and co-hosts Reg and Diamond Hands as we discuss the latest Klima news, drop some occasional alpha, and connect you with the biggest and brightest names currently exploring this space. Today, Reg is unable to join us, unfortunately, but Diamond Hands and I are excited to be chatting with Andy from DJM Blues. They're Climate Infinity Partners and have a very cool data-driven NFT collection that you're going to hear all about. Let's jump right into the conversation. So Andy from DGen Blues joins us for this Planet of the Climates conversation. DGen Blues is a supremely cool looking, dynamically generated, data-driven musical NFT collection. They're also one of our newest Klima Infinity partners. We'll take some time to dive into what their project and what this partnership is all about. But Andy, to get us started, let's get to know about you. It sure sounds like you've had a pretty cool career from the looks of things. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? your background, and maybe your experience with cryptocurrency too. Yeah, of course. I've always sort of straddled the line between design and code and art. So, you know, I've been a product designer in Web2 projects for over a decade now. I was part of the early Google Maps team where I was uh, one of the creators of the Street View project. And then more recently, I spent six years at Uber where I was uh, one of the co-founders of the Uber Eats team. So I had the, you know, great privilege to be a, a part of some incredible teams doing products that a lot of people use. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, uh, in parallel with all that, I had started tinkering with crypto. Uh, I bought my first Bitcoin in 2014, I think, and, uh, you know, minted some crypto kitties back when those were new. And my first real kind of light bulb moment with Web3 when I minted a crypto kitty on one, web, one website and went to another website and, you know, saw it there. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And that's where I sort of it clicked for me. You know, Web3 was this universal distributed database shared by all kinds of different applications and, and that they could work together with each other. And so, you know, fast forward a few years and I've started delving more seriously into Web3 as a builder and dusting off my coding skills and uh, learning solidity. and and so DJM Blues has sort of been uh, been the result of that. Wow. Yeah, we're definitely you know honored to have you on the show here too. And I'm sure we could jump into every single one of those pages of your resume. But let's talk about DJM Blues. Yeah. So, you know, I would say that DJM Blues is, it's a robot music project, basically. And so what it is, is it's a smart contract that generates a new snippet of robot music once every day based on the movements of Ethereum prices that day. There are a couple of things that are cool about this that are a little different from what else is out there in the NFT world. One is it'll continue generating new robot music forever. Even if I'm dead and gone, it'll keep cranking out one new melody every day, which, which is kind of cool. And then secondly is the data that it's based on is entirely on chain. So it's using uh, chain link price feeds to get Ethereum price data every day and map that to a melody 
And so if the Ethereum price is way up a certain day, it'll be a little more of an upbeat tune. It'll be a major scale. And every note in the melody maps to a, a different 30 minute interval of Ethereum prices. And so what you get here is a totally dynamic piece of music that's completely auto-generated. And so there's no human hands. You know, it's like I haven't influenced the composition of them at all. And there's no randomness involved either. So a lot of generative NFTs you see are, you know, at their heart based on random numbers, you know, some sort of block hash or whatever. And one of my goals for this project was there's zero randomness involved in it at all, other than the randomness that's provided by the, the ETH price itself. Ah, I see. Is that a possibility that, you know, you have identical or like a 95% similarity kind of tunes happening? The only reason it would be similar is if the ETH price was similar. So, you know, what are the odds that the ETH price hot movements for today are going to be identical to the ones from yesterday or from a year ago? Um, I guess it's possible, but it's very unlikely. So there's always like a, it will always be unique, like like so, some sort of like a fingerprint that sends. Yeah, no, so the fingerprint is a great analogy. It's like each DGEN Blues song is a fingerprint of what was happening on the blockchain that day. And, you know, the other thing that's an interesting consequence of that is, you know, most NFTs will, collections will have some sort of rarity attribute, right? In the case of DGEN Blues, it'll be, it's the, it's the chord and the vibe of that day. But what's interesting about DGEN Blues is unlike most NFT collections, where the scarcity level of the different attributes is essentially arbitrary, right? The creator will determine that, you know, 5% of these PFPs are going to have black hats and another 18% are going to have earrings or eye patches or whatever. Um, in this case, the I, I haven't made any determination that like 5% of DGEM Blues is going to be in a major key it's purely determined by the direction of the market. And so next month, if you know it's a bull market and ETH goes up, up, up every single day, it's gonna be a full month of major keys. And if it goes down, down, down every day, it's gonna be you know, diminished. And so it's not my choice. It's purely, you know, the, the distribution of attributes that you get is purely up to what the market does. That is so cool. So like you mentioned before too, it's like these 30 minute trading blocks basically that can get converted into a note. So each is a 48 note sequence. Is that right? Uh, let's see. Uh, that sounds right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think a little too hard about it. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of a simplification because there's a few heuristics that we do where if two consecutive time intervals map to the same note, then they'll be merged together and it'll have a single longer note, right? Oh, um, I see. So there's a few little nuances there, but that's essentially how it works. You know, part of what was the technical challenge behind creating DGEN Blues is that, uh, so, you know, DGEN Blues is based on Chainlink data and Chainlink data is really kind of optimized. The Chainlink price fees are optimized for providing real-time price data. So you can get historical data, but it took a little bit of kind of slicing and dicing and, and hacking to get the historical data in the right format from the chain link price feeds that I needed. And so part of what I've done here, you know, part of my goal is to blaze a trail for other NFT creators to do more, more dynamic, more data-driven NFT collections. And so I've open sourced some of the code and other projects can plug into the contract I've deployed on mainnet for basically fetching historical price data, because I wanted to put that out there for, for other creators to use also. 
So you mentioned digging back to that historical data being, you know, a, a challenge and you've kind of solved that. I'm looking at your website right now too, and it looks like you've got, you're on day 609 right now, I guess. So when did you like officially launch or like, was there a, like a major batch that was the initial launch batch or the, uh, the Genesis? Yes, we launched about two months ago. And so there were about 550 or so melodies in the original batch that launched. And that sounds kind of arbitrary, but essentially that goes back to a date in, I believe, August 2020, which is the start of like consistent Chainlink data of historical price data on mainnet. So I don't have historical data on chain that goes all the way back to the birth of Ethereum. I would love to have that. But October 2020 is sort of the beginning of history as far as Chainlink price data is concerned. So that corresponds to DGenBlue's number one was that day in 2020. All right. So here's my little follow-up question there for you too, with, you know, over 600 now, you know, little data-driven melodies minted as these NFTs now, do you have a favorite tune? <laughs> you know, I, it's interesting. I've got my favorites. I actually, I tend to really like the, the really grim ones, you know, like the really horrible days in the market actually make for some of the most interesting music. So I guess we've had plenty of good music lately. I also just, I, I've noticed that a lot of folks who have minted DGEN Blues will mint them for sentimental reasons, like they want to own their birthday or they'll they'll get their their kid's birthday. And so there, there are a handful of those, like my birthday that I've reserved for myself, of course, because I, I got to own my birthday. <laughs> yeah, so I have a few favorites. So speaking about that ownership in terms of the NFTs, right? how can people or climates in particular get involved? It's always open to mint. So anyone can go to dgenblues.xyz. And I think one of the fun things about dgenblues is the process of picking out your favorite that you want to mint, right? Unlike a lot of NFT collections where you mint something and then you'll kind of get a random collection of attributes, you can browse the entire collection. You can listen to it from beginning to end if you want. You can turn on autoplay and it's about, it's a little over one hour of continuous music. So you can listen to it start to finish and pick the piece that you like the most and mint it for 0.15 ETH. I think, you know, one of the fun things about the collection right now, I like to think of it as being like robot composed, but human curated in that, you know, the dates that are the most significant, either because of the market conditions are unusual in some way, or, you know, the date that ETH hit an all-time high, for example, those tend to mint out more quickly, but there's still a lot of rare melodies that are still available that you can mint. I think this is something really interesting. It gives me this concept of like, maybe this might expose my age, you know, going back to <laughs> back in time when you're in the CD shop, listening, you know, doing like sample testing, like different tracks on the CD, especially like jazz music, where you try and get a sense of what you're going to buy. In this example, you can actually sample the whole song, right? That you intend to buy and then you make your purchase that will be, you know, yours forever on the blockchain. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I like to think of it as almost like owning a little piece of Ethereum history, right? It's like you almost like own that day in the blockchain and, and nobody else will ever own that one but you. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, extremely cool. And then the thumbnails themselves too kind of reflect and they show off the notes or the trajectory for the day there as well too. Yes, exactly. So one of my principles for this whole project has been to try to follow the data where it leads and not impose too much of my own personal taste in terms of either the music or the visuals. So one of the results of that is, you know, I really wanted the 
visuals and the music to look and sound as good at ETH 400 as they do at ETH 4000 or at ETH 40,000, because this thing is going to be out there for a while. So the result of that is, you know, I couldn't like hard code in some sort of ratio of like, you know, the melody increases by one octave every thousand ETH or something like that, because the song goes way too high pitched as the ETH price increases in two years from now, it's like outside of the range of human hearing, right? That wouldn't work. So I had to get a little bit of creative Essentially, what happens is there's an effect called the shepherd illusion. It's also called the auditory barber pole effect, and it's used a lot in Christopher Nolan movies. So, so essentially what it does is sort of as the melody increases and it starts to get to the upper end of the range, it'll fade in another voice that's an octave below. So it's kind of almost imperceptible if you're not listening for it, where it'll, you know, if, if Ethereum keeps going up and up forever, like we, like we hope it will, it'll feel like the melody keeps going up and up and up, but it actually never reaches the top of the hearing range and it always stays in the sweet spot that sounds good. And so that's kind of how I, it forces you to think a little bit differently, both musically and visually, when you have to make sure that it, it looks good in a variety of different market conditions. Interestingly, this is something that I find this very fascinating because going through your LinkedIn profile, what got you into music? Because like, it's very interesting because the way you explain music and the way you understand music was, well, this is something you really love. Is that a, a big part of your life? You know, it's interesting that you say that. I've always been really into music and jazz music in particular. And I've been in a couple of, you know, very small time bands where I just get together and jam with friends over the years. So I'd say there's like a large chunk of my brain that's kind of devoted to music. It's never been a big part of my career, but it's always been a, you know, a hobby and a passion of mine. I think the funny thing is with DGen Blues, I didn't actually set out to create a music project. I really set out to figure out what is the most interesting, most natural way to express the ups and downs of the Ethereum part price as a dynamic NFT collection. So the genesis of this was really like, as I looked out there at the landscape of NFTs, I was kind of a little bit disappointed at how people were only scratching the surface of what more contracts could do as a medium. And so when I look at price data, it, it kind of made sense to me. This had all the makings of, you know, a good sort of jazz solo, right? I mean, it kind of goes up and down. It's a little bit unpredictable. It's improvised. And yet it still follows a certain formula, right? There's a structure to it. And it might follow a certain chord progression or the notes will snap to a certain scale or a certain mode. So when I thought about jazz music, it sort of had the right combination of structure and randomness that it, it felt really well suited to this project. So that's kind of how I ended up creating a robot music project. <laughs> well, that's so cool. I mean, it definitely takes a little bit of, you know, lateral thinking, I guess, too, or this really a great mashup of left and right brain that I think you've put together here with you know the technical data the trading data and then the music and it's just very cool on that topic of the sort of the mashup of trading data and music data i mean another thing that i really secretly enjoy about this project was that it felt like there was something a bit subversive about taking these chain link price feeds that were created for DeFi, you know for these complex sort of financial derivative projects right and using them to make music it was just kind of like <laughs> 
Not that there was anything sneaky about it. And in fact, you know, I've had conversations with the Chainlink team and they're, they've been good supporters of this and, and they're big fans of DGEN Blue. So it's been cool to get their support. But yeah, definitely like taking something that was intended to help people make money and instead using it to make music was kind of like part of the subversive fun. Oh, that's awesome. And definitely enjoy the tunes along the way there too. And you talked about, uh, you know, the fact that this code that you've written now, again, you know, that's going to continue on in perpetuity. You know, where do you see this going in the longer run? I would say, you know, what success looks like for me in this project is, does it inspire the next generation of NFT projects? Because I think there's so much potential out there in the medium. If you think about art, now that we have the ability to make art that continues to evolve after it's made, like, why would we not do that? Like, it feels like, you know, art that's dynamic has the potential to be even a larger category than art that's not dynamic. And there's so much data out there in the world that uh, has a huge effect in society that's super meaningful. You could make amazing art out of. Think about, you know, imagine a, a piece of visual art that paints itself as you know covid cases go up and down and as the genome evolves and the you know variants come and go and the end state of this art wouldn't be revealed until after the pandemic was over right like you could create something really compelling there and you know we have all the tech to enable that so you know i, I sort of ask myself where are all the nft projects that are you know doing really really artistically compelling dynamic stuff with smart contracts as a medium so to me more than like having a, a fancy roadmap with a bunch of extra airdrops and merch and stuff like that to me that's what success looks like is does this inspire other creators to do really incredible things with the medium of nfts and and if so i would love for the folks who have minted DGen Blues who are early believers to feel like they own a piece of a collection that was, you know, instrumental and was very early in what will be a huge new meta trend. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely inspiring stuff. So when do you actually first connected with the Klima team and how did this partnership got established? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to remember when I first heard about Klima. I think, you know, a while back, I kind of felt like, oh, somebody should be I don't know, maybe it was around the time of Constitution DAO, where it's like, okay, well, if you can crowdfund money to buy a copy of the Constitution at public auction, why can't you crowdfund, you know, taking carbon out of the environment, which feels like a much more critical collective effort to humanity. And so I think around that time, I did a little bit of Googling and, and, and came across DAO and had been sort of tracking it for a little while since then. And so, you know, when I chose like a tech stack to build DGen Blues, I chose ETH mainnet because that was the one that had the greatest density and longest track record of historical data that was available. So it, it kind of had the best data for my purposes. That said, I wasn't thrilled about the carbon footprint. And so when I you know, started thinking about, okay, how do I make sure that this collection is climate positive, Klima was, you know, immediately came to mind and I, I got in touch with the team and they were super helpful in terms of everything from the actual calculations of okay well based on the amount of gas that i burned how do i calculate the right number of tons of carbon to offset all the way to you know actually walking me through the process of, of actually you know buying and retiring the offsets and recording that on chain which was 
super magical actually to me because if you compare it to like you know buying a bag of almonds in the grocery store where you know you might have a label on the back of that bag of almonds that has the ingredients in it but the environmental footprint that that bag of almonds caused is this like incredibly nebulous slippery thing that would be impossible to ever track down right but in web3 the notion that like everything was on chain from start to finish and so you, you can actually create this closed loop system where both all of the carbon that was burned to do the computation but then also all of the offsets are entirely fully on chain and you know the accounting is all there and it balances out that to me was incredibly magical to, to be able to, to put that all on chain oh excellent yeah i think you're you know talking to definitely the benefits that we often talk about with clima and that you know climates in general kind of believe or see the value of those benefits that you're talking about there so it's great to see you know when you connected and how that story unfolded but now again at a perhaps at a higher level as well you know we're on a mission here to tackle the climate crisis to tackle climate change help in whatever way we can what makes taking climate action so important to you personally? Well, I think, you know, obviously it's existential for all of us, making sure that we keep the earth habitable for our kids and our grandkids. So we should all feel that it's existential, right? That said, I do think part of what fascinates me about Web3 is it's this incredible tool for creating collective action and creating consensus in a decentralized fashion. And those are exactly the types of tools that we're going to need if we can meet these sort of challenges that come from like tragedies of the commons, like climate change, right? So I think there's something that felt really fitting to me about Klima when I first heard about it in terms of like, yes, it makes perfect sense that a problem like climate change would need to have some sort of solution that's a decentralized collective effort. It just makes a lot of sense to me. So we have this question that we usually ask our guests, which is 2033. So what it's all about is imagine the year 2033. Let's just fast forward into the future, right? What do you see the future of such generative art and the collaboration with Klima to help solve climate change? Yeah, that's a great question. 2033 is a long way off. So I actually hope this happens sooner than 2033. I think, you know, I mentioned the COVID genome, but like, I actually think climate is another one of those places where there's this phenomenon that affects us all, but it's very hard to wrap your head around it, right? I mean, it's so abstract, the scale of climate change and the fact that all of these small decisions, small economic transactions that we as humanity take all add up to this, this huge effect. It's one of those things where I actually think art can play a big role in helping people wrap their minds around it. So I would love to see some amazing like NFT art being created to help make the KlimaDAO mission feel like more concrete, right? So I think that's that's one thing I'd love to see between now and 2033, but I don't know, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> but how about yourself? Like, how what do you see, like, in 11 years, what do you, like, hope to see, like, DGEN Blues evolve or inspire others? The NFT space is moving so quickly, right? I mean, look at the goblins, like, it, you know, that that just, like, skyrocketed onto the scene, like, super fast, right? So, so things are changing so quickly. 
So, you know, I think these things can happen over the course of months and not decades, but I would love to look back and see that there were a dozen other incredible data-driven NFT projects and each one of them doing their part to actually bring new data on chain. Like that's one of the things I'm excited about. Like DGen Blues, I used ETH price data partly because it was convenient because I could repurpose this price data that was already on chain for DeFi purposes. But I think as gas costs come down and there's more mines focused on this problem, I think there's a lot of opportunity to bring other data sources on chain. And so uh, that, that's something that I would love in terms of having more useful data for all kinds of purposes, whether it's artistic purposes or more practical purposes, bringing more data on chain as a public good kind of for the benefit of everybody is something that I would be really excited to see data-driven NFT projects kickstart. That's awesome, Andy. And I know like, yeah, you just, you know, mentioning, you know, climate data there and so many other things that could be touched upon. And that just sparked for me or that had that tie to, uh, you know, Ed Hawkins, the climate stripes or the uh, warming stripes. Oh yeah. They're, they're super cool. I mean, I mean, I could imagine also a version of warming stripes that looks different every time you look at it. Right. So if you look at the 2018 warming stripes in 2018, it might look like equal proportions red and blue, right? Because it's relative to the average of, of the current calendar year, let's say. But then if you look at it from the perspective of 2022, suddenly 2018 looks really blue in comparison because like almost every single day in 2018 was cooler than the corresponding day in 2022. Those are the types of artistic dynamics that NFTs enable that, you know, weren't really on the radar in 2018 when when Ed Hawkins was working on this. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you get to kind of build this little sandbox for your code to go and build in, right? Like your code is making the music and making the music, uh, the the melodies, and uh, but you kind of put these rails on it, I guess, right? Right, right. And, you know, and by the way, like, you know, the fact that it's dynamic is is one part of it, but the fact that it's ownable, I think, is also has a lot of really interesting sort of possibilities right in terms of like what does it mean to sort of own a particular day in the history of the climate i don't know i think that could be a really a really fascinating kind of starting point for an nft collection yeah very cool it's yeah great to riff on these ideas with you here and i think you know we kind of made it through a lot of our questions that we had for you about dgen blues but maybe at a you know a high level here too you know, we've kind of reflected on your LinkedIn profile and your history here as well. You know, a really cool career that you've had with, you know, from Civ4 through Apple, Google, Uber Eats, all this stuff. Yeah, what are you working on now besides DJ Blues or what's what's next for you? Still TBD a bit. You know, I, I may have another NFT collection in me, but also just exploring in Web3, doing a bit of advising and investing some startups and thinking about opportunities to, to start something new. So, you know, stay tuned, I guess. Well, that's really exciting. I can't wait to see your next project itself. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. So how can people get involved with DGen Blues? Yeah, so in addition to browsing the collection at dgenblues.xyz, um, we have a great community of builders and artists and NFT creators over at the DGen Blues Discord. We've got a workshop channel where we have a really cool group of people just kind of riffing on ideas. And I would love to sort of be a gathering point for folks that are interested in creating this type of art because I think there's not enough of it out there and I think the potential of smart contracts as a medium is so huge so I um, would love to hear from folks over there if they are inspired by what I'm doing 
Well, thanks, Andy. This is really, really awesome. I just love this, uh, you know, intersection of yeah, music and tech and yeah, what you're doing. It's just very cool. Yeah, excited to see what Lima does next as well. I think it's uh, it's exciting times for all kinds of stuff in Web three. It was great to great to be here. Great chatting with you guys. Thank you very much. Awesome. This was fun. Yeah, excited for this. Thanks for doing this this show with me. Well, that was definitely a great conversation. It was awesome to chat with Andy and learn more about the really innovative nature of the entire DJ and Blues project. I don't know about you, Diamond Hands, but I really appreciated the lateral thinking that was behind uh, the whole creation of DJ and Blues to begin with and how this could really be, you know, the genesis of not just an NFT collection, but really in an entire new form of generative music and art. So how about you, Diamond Hands? What were you struck by when that conversation? Yeah, likewise as well. I'm really excited at the future of what DJ Blues is able to kickstart, you know, using data uh, on chain to create something that's really truly unique. And one of the things that I, you know, I saw, it's a possibility of using, you know, data on chain, for example, like greenhouse gases levels and maybe the, you know, how we as a collective is fighting climate change and create using that data to create something unique or something that we can actually sort of commemorate or celebrate and you know, going forward as well so this is something that i'm really excited to see what are his next few projects coming up yeah and it definitely sounds like a very you know collaborative supportive community that he has there with the dj blues discord too really trying to encourage people to take similar approaches you know that idea that it's not really for him about the legacy of you know dj blues what happens with these nfts in the long run but you know the ideas that it sparks in other people and definitely uh yeah, definitely spark some creativity or at least some ideas for me. It's very, very cool. Yes, I totally agree with you, Fidris. Like, it's not just the success of his own product, which is DJM Blues itself, but what DJM Blues can transpire other creators to, you know, follow suit in terms of using data on chain to create more uh, exciting projects. Yeah, definitely. So just a reminder, folks, that they, we had some great music right off the top that was from DJ and Blues itself, curated and some of the favorite tunes from Andy. So for everything Klima, make sure you're hitting up klimadao.finance where you can stake bond and perhaps most importantly as well to connect with our community, our Discord community, because we're a decentralized autonomous organization. Klima itself is community driven just like the podcast here. So join us and you're going to find a great group of climates and plenty of opportunities to be an active climate too. So we hope you really enjoyed this conversation with Andy. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to saying hello once again on the very next Planet of the Climates. <laughs>